Baudry walked his horse around the body, careful not to disturb any tracks. There were none, except for those of the dead man's horse. Baudry looked down at the man again, this time noting the chain loops hanging from the strap button of his spurs. He looked over at the dead man's horse. It wore an ornate Santa Barbara bit, a well-maintained saddle, and the stirrups were hooded with elaborate hand-tooled tapaderos. California. You came a long way to get killed, mister. Baudry walked over to the horse. Steady, boy. It shied a bit, but when he spoke, it hesitated, then reached for him with its nose, cautious but friendly. Your rider must have been all right. You certainly haven't been abused. He stroked and patted the horse while his eyes quickly took in all of the details of the dead man's riding gear. The bedroll and saddlebags were covered with dust, which suggested that the man had been riding hard and camping little. The saddle itself was one of the finest pieces Baudry had ever seen, with fancy leather stitching and tool work everywhere. The rawhide riata suspended from a loop near the pommel also attracted his attention. Eighty or eighty-five feet, I'll bet. I've heard of ropes like that. California, you are a hand. Now, let's see what's in the bags. Texas cowpunchers mostly use lariats of hair rope from 35 to 40 feet long, and they worked close to a steer before making a toss. It needed an artist to handle a rope like the one this man was carrying. Although Baudry had heard of the California vaqueros who used ones this long. The saddlebags contained a change of clothing and a small amount of food. The ranger walked over to the dead man and went through his pockets. A penknife, a bandana, and a few coins. A small tin of throat lozenges. Baudry found nothing to indicate who the man was or where he was bound. Dust was heavy on the man's clothing. He showed evidence as had the horse of riding far and fast. Riding to see somebody, I'd wager. Because from the look of you, you never ran from anybody. Making a neat pack of the man's pocket belongings, Chick tucked them into a hip pocket. Then he took the dead man's guns and hung them from his saddle horn. Well, California, or whatever your name was, the nearest town's Hacker, and it's too far to carry you. He broke a dry branch off one of the trees that stood nearby and began to fashion a crude shovel. I'll do what I can to keep the buzzards from getting you, though. And then there'll be coyotes. <laughs> the four-legged kind, that is. Guess you've already run into the two-legged kind. He found a shallow place where the ground was not too hard, dug it out a little with a stick, and laid the body neatly in the trough he had hollowed. Covering the rider's face with his vest, Chick scraped dirt over him, caved more from the bank above, then piled on juniper boughs and rocks. When he swung into the saddle again, he was leading the dun. Come on, boy. Starting away... He took a route that led past the brush-covered boulder. A minute and painstaking examination told him little. There was no doubt that this was the place where the gunman had hidden. But the ground was sandy around the boulder, and the footprints there, though deep, 
were indistinct. Whoa. He was about to leave when he saw the place where the killer's horse had been tethered. Something caught his eye, and he studied the side of the rock, scowling thoughtfully. The horse had waited for some time, judging by the hoof marks. It had evidently tried to scratch itself by driving his left stirrup hard against the rock. Baudry gathered several tiny fragments of wood from the rough surface. Dry and hard on one side, they were fresh and unweathered on the other. Carefully, he picked off several of the bits of wood, scarcely more than shreds, and put them in a cigarette paper. Hours later, when the shadows were beginning to reach over the little town of Hacker, Chick Baudry and...